Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are, and when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers: Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 1865 Forest Ramble. We weren't necessarily planning to do another podcast so soon, but obviously events have overtaken us. Um, you will all be aware now that Sabri Lamushi has been relieved of his duties at the city ground and Chris Hewton has been appointed. It wasn't quite the 18 minutes between the announcement of Martin O'Neill's departure and Sabri's arrival, but this time it was a mere 30 minutes. Um, I'm joined by Baz. Hi there. Hello. Uh, by the Maradon the Midlands. Hello. What, yeah? And Stephen Topless, who uh, you were just saying that... Uh, you were driving home, you pulled onto your driveway and saw that your phone notifications had gone mental, so you knew something had happened. I did, yes. Um, I didn't check until I turned the engine off, though. Good lad, good <laughs> lad. Um, let's start with you, Stephen. Um, obviously, those of us who are regular listeners to the podcast will know that you're probably the most optimistic out of our core podcast group. Um, and uh, do you think it was the right decision to, uh, for Sabri to depart? Uh, in my opinion, it it was only going to be the right decision if we brought somebody in who was, you know, clearly more experienced and better than what we had before. And I think in Chris Hewton, Forrest have made that appointment to, to bring somebody in with his experience and his record, certainly in championship football. To be honest, I think that they'll have done very well to have found anybody better than him. Okay, thank you. We'll come back to Chris Hewton in a few minutes. Um, Maradon the Midlands, you are 
in contrast to Stephen, probably the most pessimistic out of us. So uh, you, although you did say that you'd keep Sabri in the job um, when we recorded uh, at the weekend, how have your feelings changed? What do you think? Um, I think with the with the constant speculation, it, it sort of became inevitable that he had to go. It was, it was becoming very a very unhealthy situation uh, for Forrest as a club. Um, and not the positive working environment that you need to um, produce a winning team. It, it, until we started winning sort of five or six games in a row or something, after every match, Sabri would have been asked, oh, do you think you're going to keep the job? Even if you just drew a game, do you think you're going to be in a job next week? So it sort of had a, an air of inevitability about it. Um, I'm sad because I like Sabri. He, he was a good guy and he gave us... Um, a team we could be proud of for um, a good six months last year. And he in, sort of got the fans together and it was, and we had some really good memories and good results. It's just such a shame that it's sort of fallen apart so, so, so spectacularly. And Baz, uh, as Maradon the Midlands just said, you know, we, we had some good moments. Um, uh, as a big Stone Roses fan, I'm sure you were ha very happy with the Until Sabri I Was Never Happy banner. Um, there was a strong team spirit for all of those matches until there wasn't. And then Forrest and Sabri have looked a little bit, a little bit disjointed since. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm always sad when a manager goes, even the managers I didn't like, I'm quite sad when they go because it, it always feels like a, like a, the sort of end of an era kind of thing going on, but um, it, there's the fact what you said, what you just said then, the the the, the fact that it felt disjointed. Suddenly we were good, and then suddenly we weren't good. And we touched on it the other the other day um, about the how uh, Ren and it sort of fell apart a little bit. I'm wondering if there is if there is, and actually I think that's probably something we have to come back to later is what was going on behind the scenes because there's a few little bits and pieces and a few details about his going that I think we need to examine a bit further as well. Yeah, I mean, let's come on to that sort of straight away actually. So I was sticking with you, Baz. I mean, it's very odd because what we can discover, and we'll go into this in a bit more detail, but what we can easily surmise is that um, the manager has been under pressure since since lockdown, basically, since the four months out the window, and definitely since that disastrous night against Stoke. But after that, he met with the club hierarchy, they backed him with backroom staff, and they backed him not just in bringing in players that they wanted, but players that Sabri wanted. Uh, what does that tell us? Well, I mean, yeah, you'd think when you see that happening, then actually that he's going to be getting, and we know that Maranakis like has an itchy trigger finger, but you'd think he's going to get a decent run, and like you said, like November or whatever, maybe even till Christmas to, to go at it. The fact that they're brought in backroom staff as well, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be on um, reasonably long-term contracts as well. So it's not just players that are coming in, it's the whole structure behind the scenes that's going to be changing with that as well. So you'd you think that, that, that all that stuff happening just a couple of weeks ago is a vote for at least you. And the, the thing that really... Uh, as we're losing bows, I'm going to come to you, Maradon, the Midlands. Um, with hindsight, in fact, even at the time, we're going, well, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? 
So what was? The fact that the, the manager was given the backroom stuff he wanted and at least brought in some of the players that he wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think it, the, the whole situation sort of gone wrong in the last two or three weeks, really. I mean, just the sheer number of players that have come in. I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving him the backroom staff. That's that's fine because if if he there was there were issues with our performances at, towards the end of last season, and so if he can improve that with get bringing in a better fitness person, his first choice um, assistant coach. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a very good thing that happened. But just the flood of players that have come in that has done for Sabri, I think, because it's. It's confused his team selection. I mean, making seven changes at Huddersfield. Good teams, good clubs do not make seven changes from one league match to another league match. That just points to a club in a sense of turmoil. Even if we didn't know it at the time, we were. That's that's just good clubs with good teams do not do that. So, so, so coming to Stephen now, um, but actually I didn't, grumble too much about seven changes at Huddersfield because we're doing it to try and arrest a really bad run of results. Yeah, and I think with all the players that have been brought in, obviously how the season has started and the ongoing transfer window amid the wider events going on in the world right now, it probably made for a bit more of a uh, disjointed and kind of uh, chaotic pre-season slash start to the season. So it didn't seem too too strange, too odd that we made seven changes for a game. Like you say, there have been some poor results before that. So it, it was an opportunity to freshen things up. There were some good players coming in as well, the likes of Harry Arter and Scott McKenna and Baso, all very highly rated. And obviously in terms of Arter, we know a bit more about what he can do. Um, so yeah, with hindsight, looking back, it probably was an indicator that time was running out for Sabri and it was it could have been getting quite desperate. But I think it's just, I, I do think it's a shame that it's not worked out for Sabri. The way he connected with the Forest fans, there was a really good rapport with him for, for the large majority of his reign at the club. And yeah, it's never nice when an, another manager leaves and especially with our recent record of yeah. going through managers. But um when, when you look back over the the 11 games that we've gone without a win and the form over the beginning of this season and the back end of last season, even though Sabri probably deserved a little bit more time to try and steady the ship, you can understand why a change has been made. Okay. And um, Baz, I mean, you, to, you know, Stephen there was, was talking about uh, the rapport with the fans and of course I guess the rapport only lasts as long as the results do. What's interesting here is that uh, Danny Taylor and Paul Taylor have jointly authored an article in The, Ath in the Athletic. Um, now reading between the lines it seems very clear that um, Sabri had gone at the weekend and uh, the news had just been embargoed not just because this article by Danny Taylor and Paul Taylor came out minutes after Hewton's announcement, but also the fact that Hewton's announcement came minutes after Sabri's departure. But what's interesting about this article is that we know that um, Martin O'Neill was, his services were dispensed with after pre-season started last season, when the players, Maranakis and the hierarchy had a conversation with the players and the players said, this ain't working for us. 
Now this time round, it seems it was the other way around. After losing the EFL Cup match against Barnsley, second humiliating defeat at Barnsley in just a few months, Maranakis told the players it had been a humiliation for the club. Barnsley had only spent a fraction of the money that had been invested into Forest, with every sentence is becoming apparent to the players that Maranakis would not tolerate more of the same, and he made it clear there are players on that Zoom call who have finished at the club, and tellingly he also appeared to question the way in which they were being managed. That's not good, is it, Baz? That sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Um, one of the things before I, I broke up then it was um, I wanted to say was it's quite telling the Twitter message that the official Forest account put out for Sabri leaving as well. There's no, we wish him all the best and thank you for, for your service. It was just, we've terminated his contract. So obviously something has gone very, very sour in the last few weeks. Um, investing all that money in his side, in his backroom staff, and then suddenly not even a thank you. Is and it suggests that yeah things have gone very very wrong and it does that that thin thing there about Maranakis saying that sort of explains a little bit about maybe your, your likes of Ribeiro and stuff like that what's happening with them it's it's there's lots of weird stuff going on that we don't seem to know about yeah um, talking about that culture of the club I mean Maradon the Midlands I mean Jan Benalawan and uh, Nuno da Costa who. As someone pointed out, is the only striker to have left Forest with a negative goal tally. Um, and they got a thank you in their rather short, we say goodbye messages um, on the official website. Um, the article on the in The Athletic also goes on to say that um, the Greeks run a tough and uncompromising regime, a culture that has created a tense and uneasy atmosphere at times. In Lamushi's case, a number of players had been signed without him necessarily wanting them or knowing a great deal about them. Uh, and obviously it points towards the transfer window in January. Uh, I mean, that's a situation that you've got to be a brave guy to, to walk into that. And do we think that Chris Hewton can be that guy? Yeah, I think so. I think just hearing some people talk about Chris Hewton and know him, um, they say don't let his sort of gentle nature um, and his good manners um, belie the fact that he's a very steely character and a very tough guy underneath it. Um, and he's he has to be, to, to manage so many games and to have so much success, he has to have that sort of tough um, undercoat to him. So... Um, it can't, I mean, the, I don't think any manager would have coped very well with what's happened in the last few weeks. It's just, it's, a, it's an impossible situation to manage. Just getting to go, getting to grips with the season when you haven't had a proper pre-season and then just one player after another just coming in, coming in, coming in. It's It would have been tough for anybody, even the most experienced manager. So the long term, if he's allowed to manage and he's not sort of, having players foisted up on him for whatever reason he's got a chance if not he's, he's going to struggle just like anybody else would um and just to kind of the last bit i'm going to quote from this uh, athletic article um the decision has not been taken lightly when Lamushi was respected and liked within the club and regarded as an astute professional and highly organized coach and you get that idea that if there's been a number of players who've been brought in without his without his backing and in some cases maybe without his knowledge well how can you be organized when 
those things are being, those goalposts are being moved. Um, Stephen, just coming back to that idea about culture, something interesting that was, I don't know if you saw this, but it's tweeted by Forza Garibaldi, the, uh, the, the fan group. And of course, their banners last season um, were, and even in the couple of seasons before, have been a feature of, of some match days at City Ground, particularly on derby days. And some of their banners were adorning the ground when we were playing behind closed doors for the first time. And they've gone now. And Forza Garibaldi said, uh, you know, contacted the club and they said they had a kind of a, a brief answer. And then when they chased it up, they've not heard anything from the club since. Does this suggest that something's changed in terms of the way the club has been run, bearing in mind that the Greeks have put a lot of infrastructure into the club, put a lot of structure into the club. They have seemed to want to connect more with the community and the fan base. So with that very terse statement about Sabri and things like um, the, the banners thing, can we read anything into that? It does seem a bit out of character, doesn't it? When you look at um, the way that the, the board have helped the club reconnect with the fans since Maranakis took over and obviously repairing a lot of the damage that had been done by the previous regime. Yeah, it does seem a little bit of a strange one, that. I mean, I don't know if if the current situation, if you can make that an, an excuse or a reason for, for, for why that is, you know, the everything that's going on in the world, the kind of hectic starts of the season. Um, I, I, know I could sense, certainly a little bit on social media, there was more questions being asked of the hierarchy and, you know, whether they, they had the club's best interests at heart. And there was, you know, when we were linked with Olympiacos players again, and we were just another feeder club for Olympiacos and, you know, sort of quotes like that. But um if you if you bring it back to the football, I think they've acted they've acted professionally and they they've made what on paper seems to be a very good appointment. So it remains to be seen, obviously, what will happen if if and when the fans do return. If we do see the banners again and that reconnection with the fans is back there, but just purely on the football basis, I think the appointment they've made will actually appease a great deal of the fan base and and be an appointment that the vast majority of fans are, are going to be happy with. And um, just before we move on to talk about Chris Hewton, um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Um, should Sabri have resigned after the Stoke match? Stephen? It's always a, it's a difficult one to answer because Sabri always came across as very driven and but he sounded you know, very committed to the job. Man. He did, he did. But it was one of those games of football. I think any manager would have struggled to kind of pull themselves together after that one and, and try and make sense of it, you know, less than an hour after the final whistle and, and after your season's just gone up in smoke almost. Um, with hindsight, yes, he probably should have resigned and, and sort of cut ties there, but... I understand why he would have wanted to carry on and and try and learn and build on the good work that he'd done last season. I think that's worth just remembering with with Sabri. He he brought a good feeling back to the club. You know, there were some good results, some very good performances, particularly away from home, the likes of Fulham away and obviously that fantastic team goal where every bit every Forest player touched the ball in the run up to to grab and scoring. 
uh, wins at Brentford as well, really impressive. So there was a, a lot of good work that Sabri put in place last season, which hopefully will now be built on despite you know, the poor start we made this season. Baz, let's talk about Chris Hewton. Um, now, you know a, a couple of people who've, who know a little bit about what life has been like at Newcastle United in the past. Um, and, of course, the main thing we know about Newcastle United is that under Mike Ashley, Newcastle is very much an asset. He wants to run it like a business and, you know, to, to think about the financial side. And, and quite often that makes life difficult as you're, if you're a manager. And Chris Hewton had been the caretaker manager a couple of times before he's made the permanent manager. And he basically took uh, a team that had been relegated and was in disarray and made them into what was the best team in the championship that season. Those are good signs for Forrest, aren't they? Absolutely. One of the things that, that really surprised me was um, part of the reason that he was interim manager at Newcastle all those years ago was because Mike Ashley said it wouldn't be fair to appoint him permanent manager while the club's up for sale. So Newcastle has been up for sale for over 10 years. Um, the other things to remember there are, um, one, he had to deal with Mike Ashley um, and he had to deal with the room staff and set up at Newcastle which as someone who knows someone who used to work there I can tell you it was very very chaotic indeed um, so yeah the fact that he's used to this kind of thing and again yeah he's got a nice demeanor about him and a nice smile but he's obviously got some real steel underneath it to be able to cope with that that bodes really really okay and uh, married on the Midlands coming over to you I mean coming back to what you said a little bit earlier, but also what Baz has just been saying, um, I think if you look at the situation that Hewton had at Newcastle in particular, but also when he's taken over at Norwich and at Brighton in particular, both of those clubs, uh, what he's done is he's taken over a team and quickly given them a bit of a playing identity, which isn't necessarily the most exciting to watch, but he's given them that identity. And also he's, particularly at Newcastle, he dealt with, you know, turbulent times off the pitch. And one of the things that we're hearing is that he has that ability to put the players at ease and to protect them from every everything else that might be going on. Um, now, Hewton is experienced and he's not stupid. He'll know that Forrest is a turbulent club to come into and he'll know that, uh, that the Maranakis regime is going to be really difficult to work for, won't he? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he will. Um, I, he's 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 a professional. He, I, I'd put him in the same sort of class as somebody like Sam Allardyce, Neil Warnock, Tony Pulis, and not not in a derogatory way, in the sense that they are complete experts at running football teams and football clubs. We, we, you know, whenever whichever club those people will go into, you know they're going to start playing in a certain way and they're going to start getting results and I'll put I'd put him in that sort of same class of manager um so in that sense I'm excited um the players we've got I mean people are already sort of saying a little bit that oh it's going to be the same sort of boring old style but we don't have any flair players left really um so having good solid functional players um playing in an organized way maybe scoring a few goals from set pieces again 
uh, something that had completely dried up in the last few months. Um, and there's room for optimism there. We, we've got we've got the, one of the best strikers in the division in Lewis Graben, another potentially good one in in uh, Lyle Taylor. We've got some really good experienced central midfielders now. We've got two wingers who showed last year that they can be top players in this division. And we've got about 25 different central defenders who can uh, fill in uh, and fall back. So we we should have a good chance. That That's what's done for Sabri as well. The fact that we've got so many good players and he just couldn't produce that result. So it's a results game and I'm sure Chris Hewton will produce those results. Yeah, and to come to you, Stephen, I mean, one of the reasons that I was quite positive, you know, even before Sabri went and we're having that discussion about who would it be, I was thinking that Hewton would be a strong candidate because... The thing that Sabri did last season was he got the best out of his squad, even though it is a bit of a ragtag bunch. And Hewton is a past master at doing that, squeezing every last drop out of the squad. Um, and then also that thing that's, that Maradon the Midlands has, has said about him being a professional. Well, unlike your, your big Sams and your Tony Pulises and so on, Hewton does it with a certain air of grace. You won't catch him slagging people off. Um, you won't catch him making it all about him, will you? So, um, again, these are the kinds of things that maybe we might need to bring that elusive quality that we've not had at Forest for many, many years, which is stability. Definitely. Wherever, wherever Hewton has managed, he's always done a very dignified and actually quite a classy job, particularly at Newcastle in difficult circumstances. Um and throughout his time with Birmingham, Norwich, and Brighton, he's he's not uh, he's probably not abrasive like a Warnock or an Allardyce, but he gets the job done. And he's he comes across as you know a very decent chap as well. So, what one thing that makes me quite encouraged about this appointment is that Hewton doesn't strike me as the sort of manager who would just jump into a role because it's free and it's been offered to him. You'd think he'd have done his homework. He would have thought long and hard about taking on the forest job. And you would think as well that he's been given assurances that he will be given the freedom to do the job and will most probably be backed in the transfer markets if he requires it. I'm wondering if, um, you know, there's going to have been some discussion surely about, about transfers and, Obviously, although the domestic transfer window has still got a little bit of life in it, um, surely he's going to have to work with the squad he's got and, if anything, get rid of players. But, Stephen, the other day you did talk quite effectively about how to get the best out of the squad and we talked about players like Michael Dawson. I can see him being uh, the kind of player that Hewton would get in. You know, reliable, solid, experienced, a real leader. That's the kind of thing you'd expect in a Hewton team. And coming to you, Baz, do you think that we might given what we know about transfers and the fact that not all of them are signings of the manager, do we think we might see a reprieve for some of the players, maybe the Ribeiros, um, the Derrickwas, the, the Dawsons? Um, and I'm just throwing it out here, Gaetan Bong played for several years under Chris Hewton at Brighton. Well, actually, that's, I just want to pick you up on one word there. There's a really important word in there. Hewton has been, I've just checked on the site, he's been appointed as new manager, whereas Lamushi was head coach. And I think that might be really, really important because 
manager implies he has control over some aspects of the football side of things. The coach is basically there to deal with what he's been given. So I think that could be a really, really change, important change in direction in the way the club's being run. So just the, to jump the in there, side of things. just to jump in there, do you think that this could potentially see a slight change in strategy in terms of the way the club is operating? Because there was a lot of talk about, particularly um, under Sabri, about the continental approach, directors of football, sporting directors, the head coach just being a coach. Do we see that being a factor? Well, as you were just saying about about Hutton wanting control over the, the transfers and stuff like that, maybe he's made that a condition of him joining. I don't know. We, we have, um, that's pure speculation. But the fact is, Lamushi was the head coach, and the implication in that is you deal with the players that you're given, you're there to coach them. Whereas if he's the manager, then he's there to manage them, which is a much more hands-on a much more strategic job than, than just getting. Okay, we've lost Baz again, unfortunately. Um, but I'll come to you, Marad, on the Midlands. Um, what do you think this might mean for the players? Because obviously, in most cases, when a new manager comes in, there's a bit of a clean slate for a lot of the players. Um, now, obviously, some of the players have had to go. There's still some of the bomb squad who's still around. Then we've got other ones whose position is unclear, like your Ribeiros and Figueredos. Um, do you, what do you anticipate what Hewton will do? Um, I assume he'd give everybody a clean slate to uh, start off Bob? again and a fresh Even Bong, yeah. I, I, unless he was, I mean, unless something's happening in, in behind the scenes that we don't know of, um, just one bad performance shouldn't mean that it's the end of your career, surely. Um, it's just we've got so many players. I mean, just recently, the thing that's irked me and probably other Forest fans, the players who've served us so well over the last couple of years, like Figueredo, um, like uh, Ribeiro, have just been shoved away from away from the first team, and that that's that. I mean, that's hurt not only me as a fan because we I've, I've built a connection with those players over the past couple of years. But I'm sure that would have hurt the team spirit as well. That, I mean, suddenly players who are the mainstay of the team are suddenly just treated with a, a high level of disrespect like that. It, it can't help because they, they'll have friends in the squad who will be feeling sorry for them and uh, have a feeling of resentment towards Lamushi or the hierarchy. So I hope he brings them all together. But the, the problem he's going to have is there's, there's so many of them now. It's just somebody's going to be unhappy. There'll, there'll be at least two or three players in each position who are unhappy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I sincerely hope he gives them all a clean slate because we've, we've invested a lot of money in these players and there's some good players who are, are too good to just discard in that way. Yeah, and I would say that actually Ribeiro and Figueiredo are the, are the classic examples. Especially, right, So we know that Toby might be, might be homesick. That's what, that's what sources are telling us. Um, you know, reliable sources in the media are saying as well as just the speculation. Um, you know, it could be that when you've got a player like that, he needs to, I believe that his girlfriend and child live in Portugal still. So it may be that he needs just a little bit of time away from the club, you know, rediscover his roots, decide what he wants to do. But someone like Yuri Ribeiro, we're told that he's happy in Nottingham. And tellingly, Stephen, having not put anything on social media for about a month, uh, Yuri posted a tweet, a picture of him getting off the team bus in his forest uh, training kit today. So it does suggest that there was 
there was something wrong and maybe there's something changing. Perhaps there is, and it could all be linked to the reasons why our form dipped off so dramatically towards the back end of last season and, and going into this season in particular, why things didn't pick up. Maybe maybe Sabri's time had just run out and perhaps the effect he had on the dressing room was wearing, kind of wearing thin. And if, as you mentioned there, if, if key members of the first team were, were sort of being jettisoned without thoughts, then it's without much consideration, then yeah, it is going to have an effect on team morale. And that might be something now where a new manager coming in just galvanises players, galvanises the, the squad and the dressing room as a whole and kind of just gets everybody back on side because that was one key element, I thought, actually, of, the, of Sabri Lamushi's reign, certainly early on. It felt as if the dressing room was united and all the players were pulling behind the manager and were firmly on board with what he was doing. So perhaps that, that, that change now was needed just to, to bring a better morale back into, into the dressing room and among the squad. Okay. So um, obviously time will tell. The other thing that will be interesting to see, just to sum all of that up, is, um, as Baz said, how much does this mean that the club are trusting Hewton as an experienced manager? How much will he have control over which players come and go and which players stay? Um, if we see um, players like Ribeiro coming back into the squad, yeah, it creates problems because Yanu looked really good. And so we've now got two strong left backs as well as Bong and Blackett who will say, well, I can play left back. Uh, we've got a similar problem at right back. We've got problems like that in central defensive midfield where we've got loads of them. Um, we could now, I worked out, we could now play a team comprising of four left backs and, uh, and the rest all uh, defensive midfielders. But... We'll see what Hewton does. It's the 6th of October. It's another new era at the City Ground. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Hi, Stephen. You love a bit of merch, don't you? Yes, I do. What have you got in mind? Well, Flatback 4 have been in touch and they've got a great range of forest-inspired clothing and they've asked us to let you, the listeners, know about it. Oh yes, I saw that they have a range of t-shirts, hoodies and jumpers as part of their Nottingham Forest range. They do, and as well as the Forest inspired range, they've got match day gear like polo shirts and loungewear and they've got jackets and, and face masks and they've even got babies and kids wear. Where can I find them? Well, their website is flat-back-4, that's the number 4, so flatback4.co.uk. But you can also search for Flatback4 on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Cool. I'm going to have a look now. Wait, it gets better. Because if you mention 1865 at the checkout, then not only do you get some great merch with free UK shipping, but it also supports us at the 1865 Forest Ramble. Amazing. So I go to the Flatback 4 website, mention 1865 when I check out, and I can support the podcast at no extra cost to me. That's right. So visit flat-back-4, number 4.co.uk or look for Flatback 4 on social media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.